Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You had a bad string of relationships, one right after the other. And over time, you build a wall. You build a wall with one brick, one relationship at a time until you are completely shielded. You're in a complete cocoon. You are protected from attracting that wrong person again or getting hurt. Does that sound familiar? And in efforts to protect you, you try to detect every little sign there is. Even if it has a small semblance of what your exes or ex had, And you may even break it off right before it goes any further because in your mind, it's just going to be the same outcome because history has it. That's what usually happens. But are these truly red flags that you're detecting or are they ghosts from the past? And this is a great topic. It's something that I think many, many people struggle with. I know I did for sure through my journey. Um, And I call this effect, and if you know about my five archetypes of, you know, challenges that you're having when you're trying to find love again, this is the dame. You know, what happens over time where it's the female knight syndrome, where you build up a wall or you have a shield, a coat of armor, if you will, that protects you from getting hurt due to you know, stuff that's happened in the past. I actually recently had a client um, experience this firsthand, and I want to highlight this because really it's a small example of what I think it happens, you know, in a big picture too. I had been helping her with just, you know, things that were happening in the past, and she had a string of those bad relationships. Now, she, were, she was picking men that ultimately always left her. And what we determined is that when she was little, her dad had left. And so she had a lot of abandonment issues. And lo and behold, she kept picking men that recreated that old tape, that recreated that old kind of dynamic that she was trying to figure out how to get better, but she was still picking the same guy. So she broke the mold. She actually got into a relationship with a lot of coaching And she was really excited. I mean, this was a stand-up guy. He was very reliable. He was not the kind of guy who would, you know, leave her at all. As, you know, the relationship grew, he he showed that. He was consistent. He was predictable. Um, But as the relationship grew, she grew more and more anxious. And one day, she called me and she said, I want to call this quits. And I said, what happened? And she said, well, I, I, I can't take this anymore. You know, her, the, the guy that she was dating didn't text her at this one moment in time where she really wanted to hear from him. And, and an hour had gone by and two hours had gone by and she still hadn't heard from him. She's like, see, it's happening all over again. And so this trigger for her was so strong that she literally wanted to just break it off. And after helping her through a couple exercises, figuring out what were triggers or ghosts from the past versus what was reality, we, you know, she kind of calmed down and, you know, I really encouraged her to reach out to him and communicate. And lo and behold, what had happened is that actually his phone had died. 
and he forgot his charger and he was kind of in a panic to try to get a hold of her. But, you know, it was all for naught, all that anxiety that had built up. But, you know, again, this is something that happens a lot. And especially if you've experienced some trauma or a bad string of relationships. And this is a theme I want to talk about today. And on the call today, I have somebody very special, someone who I've been working with, who actually brought up this topic because I think she is struggling a little bit with this as well. Carol, Carol, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Kim. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for coming on and and sharing your journey and your story. It's been so fun working with you and seeing your progress. It's like awesome. Yes. Um, But as I said, it's a journey, right? Like we all have kind of ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know. Do you want to just share and introduce yourself to everybody? Um, yes. Well, I am uh, Carol and I, I work in um, Bay Area, high tech. And um, I have been in high tech for many, many years. And I have a very active social life. Um, I'm single now three years. And just started dating maybe about the last year and really am not that great at dating, I think, but I'm getting better at it all the time. And I've um, not had a serious relationship um, since I've been dating. I've had a few sort of very short-term uh, relationships. And for whatever reason, typically I break it off because for just various reasons. But And I have been working to try and be more emotionally open. Mm-hmm. Um and so I've, I think I've made progress with, you know, in, in that area. I've, I feel like I have been, um, even you though totally I totally have, I can I vouch have. for that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have, I'm very proud of myself, even though I do feel much more vulnerable and that sort of thing. But what's happened is I'm starting to see a sort of a pattern in men that I consider to be not emotionally available. And even mm. though they say they are, and in right, you know, like maybe, you know, I'm unmatched. So their profile says that they are, and they say they're looking and they even maybe say that they want to have a long-term relationship and all that. But I, I, I get a feeling that I see, I sense a red flag or that maybe it's just not super sincere. And um, I can't tell if it's just me projecting mm-hmm. that or if it's truly a red flag. And you know, then there's the kind of like, oh, I'm so busy at work and then boom, gone. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I did see those red flags. So it's just very, you know, like I I just want to stand back and I think, well, is it me or is it them? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where, where it is with me now. And so I definitely feel like I need some help with identifying that if indeed that is what I'm seeing. Yeah, no, that's a really common. And I mean, this is, this will be interesting to talk through. And especially since I know you and we've been working together, but um, like, I almost feel you've gotten to a different level and you had mentioned, you know, you shared with everybody how you're Mm -hmm. working on being more emotionally available yourself. Right. Yes. Yes. Which I think is something maybe if you could share a little bit about that, because I think that's important in connection to what we're about to talk about. Well, um, for example, I maybe if it, you know, I had to kind of identify when I was sort of giving my, or, you know, like say that, like giving myself some negative self-talk or that sort of thing and kind of saying, no, you shouldn't do that. Or no, you're not quite good enough or whatever, whatever it is. So I really mm-hmm. worked on identifying that and just 
it's trying to, you know, get out of that. So that has helped um, if you just with journaling and observing my own reaction to other people. And I have opened up about my life experiences, um, not, not work experiences as much as just my, you know, my family, my past, how I yeah. felt about it and really shared, you know, my emotions with other people, especially women. And um, then I've noticed that people are much more open with me and even people yes. that I had, have known for years, suddenly, you know, it's like, we really have this connection. So I love that. And I mm -hmm. took it a little further with my last boyfriend. Um, and I was more, much more open about what I wanted from him and um, what I needed from him in, in a, or from a partner. And it seemed, you know, I still feel like that was, I was doing the right things. I just realized he wasn't the right person for me. So mm. unless I, unless I really messed up somewhere along the line, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't, you know, it's hard to tell, but I think, no, I think I, I wasn't overly needy. You know, it's like, then I'm like stepping back going, oh no, now I'm analyzing too much. <laughs> well, right. And oh. that, you know, I call that the pendulum effect, you know, yeah. it's a recalibration, right? Because sometimes you're one way and then we go all the way to the other side or the other extreme in order to avoid, you know, being the other way. So what yeah. you're doing right now is recalibrating, you know, it's somewhere kind of in the middle and mm -hmm. in the balance. And I think that's what we should talk about because, you know, there are things from the past that trigger us. And, you know, I, I know you have talked a little bit about that. What was, I, and I think we made this connection before, when it was hard for you to share your feelings and be open, what was that attached to? Like, where did that come from? Um, I would say what I needed in a relationship because mm -hmm. it seems like it's almost a given that, you know, we should just be cool and kind of just, you know, we're just kind of self-sufficient, you know, very independent. Like I live alone. I, you know, mm, and all mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And that I don't really need a, a relationship per se, but I would like to have one. It would be lovely. But, um, and so just kind of stating early in a relationship that I am looking for a true partnership and um, that would possibly lead to marriage, even saying the word marriage <laughs> or, mm. you know, you think, wow, I mean, because that's kind of now a topic that people get a little nervous about, but I just mean like a committed relationship. So sharing that and knowing full well, and this is before, you know, intimacy occurs. Yes. So sharing yes. that before that is like, it's like a throw of the dice. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to put it out there mm -hmm. and I, that could be the end of this relationship, but I'm going to do it anyway. And right, right. Well, and you and I have also talked about you've been self-sufficient your whole life, yes, right? Yes. And I don't think there was a lot of room growing up where there was a, a time and a place for you to share your feelings. So, you know, fast forward to now, like you've always been kind of self-sufficient and not really seeing your needs as something that's important to express. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. Yes. So, so and, and to your point, you know, I think that that has carried with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now fast forward to now, it's like, on one hand, you want an open relationship or you want not an open relationship. <laughs> um, you want a relationship where you can be open. Yes. Hey, not knocking that. There are a lot of people who are in open relationships. I but, know. Right. But um, in your case, no, I, I, that's not what I was meaning. And so the thing is, is that when you 
are open with your feelings and your thoughts, it's, it's kind of foreign to you and it's a little bit yes. scary. It's very scary. What it are is, you scared of? Do you think the most? Uh, just saying it and then having it in because of that. Ah, so if you say something of how you feel, your fear is that they'll leave or that it'll end. Right. Had that happened in the past? Um, no, not really. That's the weird thing. It's never mm -hmm. really happened until just this, you know, it's kind of like I either meet people that I'm not really fully attracted to, but they seem safe. I know mm -hmm. that they, you know, it would just be like, they would probably marry me the next, you know what I mean? They, right. they want to have a relationship with me, but I'm not really, I'm just not really attracted to them. I can't get past that part of it. Or, so there's that, or there, it, it, so it's almost with me, it's either one or the other. They're, I'm just not attracted to them, but, and I'm just not really into, into them that much. There's very little connection for me. Or I sort of feel like they're emotionally not available. They don't want a relationship. They want to. They want to hang out. They want to go to dinners. They want to go on vacations, great vacations and pay mm -hmm. for everything. They want to have great sex. But more than that is, and I can, here's the true test that, mm -hmm. here's, and here's the test that it's not a test on purpose, but when it comes to like meeting like family, Hey, my brother's in town or something like that. Very casual. It's not like I'm taking him to meet my whole, all 50 relatives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but right, it's just right. like meeting, maybe getting intimate that way, like with friends and family. That seems to be the, you know, the fact, the thing that kind of makes them leave. And that's happened this year. And so uh. I figured, yeah, so I figured, you know what, that's cool. Because even though they say, I love you, I want to marry you, mm -hmm. but it, when it comes right down, so it's almost like, are you just saying those things? But mm -hmm. it, when it comes right down to really getting into that next level, yeah. Vanish. So let me ask you this. You said okay. that either you're attracted to them, right? Yeah. And then this dynamic happens and then, or you're not attracted and those are the guys yeah. that maybe those, would stay around. Yeah. Those are yeah. the two. There's not, nothing like in between here so far, but I'm working on it, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. This is good. And I think it's kind of, I think it'll all kind of synthesize too. And I, I want to do an exercise actually with you on this call to help okay. you a little bit with this. Um, but am I safe to assume, because I think this is part of the reality of this, is that I'm wondering if you're attracted to the guy who's not really like a committed kind of guy, because yeah. it also is kind of safer for you. I don't know if, you know, not, not recently. It doesn't feel, maybe, maybe it's subconscious and I'm not aware of it, but no, I mean, cause it seemed like if, if mm -hmm. I'm saying that I want to have a committed, you know, relationship with a partner before I get intimate with them, mm -hmm. and they say, of course, yeah, I do too. And I want that to be with you. And mm -hmm. I see us having a future and all that sort of thing. I don't, I don't feel like they're just that they're not available for me. I feel like at that moment they are available, but I just don't know if they're just saying that to, mm -hmm. you know, right. I mean, it's like, wow, did you just make all that up or. Right. Right. And so maybe it's teasing out. I mean, maybe this is partly it of when these guys, like you said, 
who, who are emotionally available to you? Like, what does that look like? What are his actions? I you know, what know. are some things, right. And so maybe that's something we should talk about because like right now you're struggling with that. Like in your mind, like this last guy seemed like, well, he, he was available. He, he showed sign that he was emotionally available. It wasn't until I had him meet the family was when yeah. it completely ended. So I'm, I'm wondering about that. I'm wondering if there were other signs, you know, yes. that, yeah, I think so, Kim, because really, I realized when I look back at this, that mm-hmm. it was texting. So in other words, he was texting that he was emotionally available. But when we were talking face to face, yeah, he really wasn't, we didn't talk about this deep stuff very much. It was ah, more texting. Yeah. Right. And so the text could have just been blah, 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 blah. So if I think if I would have had these conversations in person with him, Mm -hmm. I could have read his body language and picked up on it almost psychically. Right. I'm I'm pretty intuitive. And so that's just a big old lesson to me to not ever have that kind of, you know, conversation, if you will via texting because you can say just about anything. Oh, so true. Oh my God. That's a whole other like I I think, call, right? I or, or podcast yeah. because yeah. I mean, actually I was just talking to somebody else about that, just how there's breakups happening over text because there wasn't anybody really communicating. It's, and to your point, the body language and, and all of that. But so, well, let's look at that. Let's tease that okay. out for a second. So like, and you have a piece of paper handy? I do. Uh-huh. Okay. I want to kind of make um, two columns and this is kind of like, you know, what I called in the beginning of the call ghosts or triggers, you know, things of the past mm-hmm. versus what is the reality. Okay. And so one column is going to be your ghosts or gremlins, so to speak, and the okay. other is going to be the, the reality. Okay. Now in this particular case, and, and by the way, um, if you're listening, this is a really good exercise to do if you're struggling on, you know, something that's triggering you and, and helping you figure out how to proceed. Because, you know, when your emotions are caught up in it, it's hard to even see what's what. Mm-hmm. And in your case, in this circumstances, it's about him being emotionally available. So it's like, what was the reality of him being emotionally available? And what was like your triggers kind of thing, you know, or, or, or not valid. So, um, so the reality is like, can you give me a list of things or point out to me what you thought was emotionally available, like the reality of it? Well, like he told me that he never met anyone like me before, that he feels very open with me and that he, you know, he, he feels like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm his best friend, his new best friend, you know, I mean, best friend we just met, but you know, a couple months um, safe that he trusts me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he, uh, you know, sex is great, um, mm-hmm. that he, he would want to be with me for the rest of his life. Um, and just, you know, not in a rush, just take it slow. Um, also not sending me all these like presents. Sometimes you meet people and they just send you all these gifts, like sort of to, yeah. you know, none of that. It was just real. It was like, it felt very down to earth and real. Um, mm-hmm. for, for a while. I mean, it's a fairly new, it was a fairly new relationship. So that was, that was why, but, and our conversations, we did have some, you know, one-on-one, like, you know, intimate type conversations about our feelings and that sort of thing. But, um, but he was deeper in the, when he was texting. 
Uh huh. Okay. And when he said that he felt like close to you and trusted you and open, would mm-hmm. he describe that as such? And would he also follow up with action, meaning like when he was sad or when he was angry? Yeah. And he would talk about his feelings. Yeah, we would call, he would talk on the phone. We call, we talk on the Mm -hmm. phone a lot. So Mm -hmm. yes, very much so. Just, you know, some of the trauma that he had had in his life and how maybe he hadn't dealt with it. So he was very open about his sort of, maybe would would be perceived as weakness about, you know, being sad Mm -hmm. or being, you know, those types of things, feeling vulnerable as a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not too much. I mean, it wasn't like this, you know, the crying guy, but just right, right. like he was vulnerable too. And, you know, I don't think that he had maybe had that kind of relationship with someone. And I think that's why he felt like we were good friends, you know, because he was able yeah. to express that to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about you? Were you then able to talk about your feelings or were you more the listener? Um, I shared some of my feelings. I didn't go into a lot of lot of detail about some of the things you and I've talked about though. I, mm-hmm. I tried to keep it in the present, you know, not to go into all the past stuff, but, um, and so, no, I did feel very open with him and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I never really, I mean, I felt like I could be open with him and he didn't cringe or anything like that when I would mm-hmm. tell him about something that was made me feel, you know, leery or we, you know, whatever. Um, kind of like vulnerable. I mean, he, he didn't act like, oh God, I don't want to hear that. You know, it wasn't like that. So for, I felt like, wow, this is pretty cool. Even if, you know, even if he really wasn't ready to go a step further, I sort of felt like, wow, at least I did that. And I, you know, I know how it feels, but I will say, Kim, it's not the first time that I've had a relationship with someone who I was able to be, you know, emotionally open with and mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, so, you know, I've had that relationship before a couple of times in my life. So it's, it's not like the very first time, but mm-hmm. it's the very first time since I've been dating, you know, in the last three years. Yeah, no, which is huge. And I mean, yeah. you know, for whatever it's worth, I think, and whatever happens from here on out, I think it sounds like it was a beautiful, like there were some gifts there, you know, right. For- for me, with for the other, me. for you, you've yeah. learned to kind of open yourself up again. And, you know, the last thing that I want for you at this time too, because there, you know, kind of goes along with what I said in the beginning is for you to go into your cocoon again and hypothesize right. that because you opened up and asked him to meet the family is because he, you know, and that's why it caused him to leave. And so then you start kind of closing down again. And so that's, that's the biggest thing that I want to help you through because it also sounds like through your talks and journeys that he's got, he had some stuff that he was dealing with. Yes. I don't quite know what happened at the end. Um, He -hmm. never really told me, but, and I guess at this point it doesn't really matter. You know, I sort of thought maybe he, it almost seemed like he met somebody else because everything was really good up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then after it was almost like a light switch, the next, you know, like then there was mm-hmm. one Sunday that it was kind of, he was off the grid for a while. And then after that, it was like, wow, what happened? It was like, so, and nothing, there was no change, you know, it was like, yeah, know, it was very strange. So I, I thought he, maybe he met somebody and just fell madly in love with somebody or he said it was work related and that he was totally stressed out and something happened and he didn't want to talk about it and blah, blah, blah. So. Wow. 
who really knows? I mean, I don't really know. And he never actually talked to me. He, he did talk to me about it and said, you know, work is crazy and he has to mm-hmm. just all this stuff. And, and then after that, it was all texting. And, you know, so it, I don't really get close. I didn't really get closure. Yeah. But, which is tough. Uh, yeah, that's really, really hard. Uh, well, you know, and, and one thing, and I wanted to actually share with all of you is that there's really three reasons a lot of times why guys just disappear. And it sounds like it's, it's almost as if, yeah, he just kind of went into his cave. So yes, say, for sure. You know? mm-hmm. And, you know, the first reason is like you said, you know, there, there's somebody else, but yeah. I, you know, from what you described, is it? I don't know. We don't know. Right. Don't know. Second thing is um, he's just not into you. Like he loses interest, that kind of thing. The third thing, and this is what it sounds more like, is that when men are under stress, mm-hmm. they completely retreat. And yeah. this is, you know, and a lot of it has to do with if they feel like they can't provide or protect, you know, it's a little bit caveman-ish, but that's how they process things. It's often how they, you know, like we women, we reach out to people, mm-hmm. we talk through things and men often want to try to figure things out themselves. But yeah, um, and, and it's sad. And, and it also sounds like he has been dealing with stuff in the past. And so for whatever reason, he shut down on you when things got closer, Yes, you know, with the two of you. And for what, you know, he could have been, yeah, something big might've happened. We, we don't know. Um, but like you said, and I really hope that you feel this, do you, you know, that how he's dealing with this, you have to ask yourself, is this what you want for the future? No, it is not. No, it is not. It is clearly, a, if anything else I have learned that, if this is how he is going to be when things get tough, mm-hmm. then that's not going to work for me. It, it's just, it's, it's not because right. I don't, I don't want to go through this again. Um, so I kind of feel like, Hey, I put it out there. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't get to do this. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. No. You know, it's right. just, not, yeah, no, no, no. Also uh-uh. speaks to your feelings of self-worth. And that's great, Carol, because that Thank shows you. it. Yeah, no, you've done so much growth in that. Okay, so it, it sounds like on the, the kind of the reality column that there was a lot going on for him, you know? Like, there was, yeah. And the truth of the matter is, is that there was really no like eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversation with what really happened and to Mm-mm. kind of hypothesize anything more than what happened. Like you, you can't even say, well, he's emotionally unavailable or he did this or that. We don't, we just don't know. Cause as evidence had it, he was kind of moving in the right direction, but he's had, he he has his own ghosts. He has a lot of ghosts. He does. Um, uh, Weirdly, if it was my birthday, the week before all this happened and he, he spent almost a thousand dollars on something that he gave me. And I'm thinking if, if that was, if he was thinking, oh, I'm kind of not into her anymore, <laughs> he, mm-hmm. you know, it just seems like it's kind of over the top gift, unless it's a parting gift. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that oh. would be interesting. <laughs> I know. But no, I don't think so. You know, but I no. just, seems, you know, it just seemed like, wow. Okay. I don't, I don't get it. But 
So it's still kind of baffling, but I've just kind of stuck it back there like, all right, when that happened, I don't get it now. I feel much better now. You know, I, I really yeah. I can just kind of be more objective about it. And although it still hurts, believe me, um, but, um, and just kind of go, well, the next time, I guess when we're talking, you know, these things, it has to be a face-to-face, no texting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, definitely. Well, and I want to address the other column because we didn't really oh, say yeah. kind of the ghosts or the, the triggers of the past, like, because in this case, we were just trying to determine, you know, what was emotionally unavailable. Like for you, were there anything that was like causing you to, to not share with him or your stuff? so to speak? Um, not my stuff so much. I don't, mm-hmm. I feel like right now things are going well. I'm open, but there was mm-hmm. this incident with this ex-girlfriend that came in to the picture briefly. And I don't know. I thought I handled it pretty well, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I really did. I mean, I just don't, you know, I mean, I kind of, I didn't do much about it. I didn't, never got ugly about it. Um, and we discussed it really at length and then, um, just kind of, it went away. So I don't know if I didn't, if I acted too nonchalant about it, although I told him I wish to never see him or speak to him again, but you know, so, Mm. so we had a, we had a big, you know, blow up right in there about a month ago. Um, Uh so I, you know, who, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I shut down because of that. I could have, I guess. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the truth is, is that just because you bring something up in your feelings and like, you know, that, that should be an opportunity where a lot of couples grow from that, you know, because it's a chance yeah. to really talk about what's triggering each other. hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I felt closer afterwards. We were, uh-huh. you came out closer. It was like, it didn't push us apart. That's what she was trying to do. If anything, yeah. we became, we were really bonded after that. Then it was like, wow, we just went from the surfacey kind of, you know, getting to know you thing to into this like heavy duty stuff. And then we could have walked away. We didn't, I broke up with them and then we, you know, started mm-hmm. talking and then it, we actually talked in person and then pretty soon we were like, wow, that now we're even closer. So that's, and I don't know. I mean, I still, even though I opened up and I, I felt like I was being vulnerable both times, mm-hmm. I still, I still know that is the right direction for me to go in. Yes. Even yes. though it didn't work with him, it just shows that he wasn't the right guy for me. Egg bingo. Yeah. Oh, A plus, Carol. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> doing work. You oh, my goodness. It was such a hard lesson. I don't even know what the lesson was, but whatever it was, it's like next, you know. It I what? No, but that you're not taking it in. Like I it was like it. your fault or, no. you know. And, and I think this is what I want to highlight and for the theme of this whole call is that, you know, you had asked, how can I detect you know, emotionally unavailable men. And, you know, like, I think you're making a connection here. And from, from teasing it out, it sounds like, you know, you guys were both opening up to each other. I don't think it was really like emotionally unavailable, so to speak. I think that as the end, like you were saying, as the intimacy got there, and each time something happened, it became closer and closer. The reality started settling in mm-hmm. about, you know, maybe the future. And then on top of it, he had some sort of stressor that he oh, just totally. 
yeah. communicate about. And I think it was a perfect storm where he just, he didn't know how to deal with it. And yeah. the fallout of that is a sad ending, you right. know, where there was no closure. And so, you know, the first thing is anytime that, you, that any of you are second guessing yourself, like do this exercise, you know, what was the reality and what was just like stuff that just comes up for me or my, my piece, my triggers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. The second thing is to really look at what you just said, like, is this really what I want for myself moving forward? You know, and if you did everything in, on your end to try to get closure and that kind of thing, if he's not able to communicate and, and deepen it, then you're right. Like he's not the right guy for you. And there's plenty of guys who are, and it was mm -hmm. still like a beautiful kind of experience that you had with him. Cause I think it'll get you that much closer to the next person who will be, you know, able yeah. to move forward with That's you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes, and then, definitely. yeah. And then the third thing I would say, is, you know, this is a time to really like take care of yourself. And it sounds like you started and you and I haven't spoken in a while, maybe in our next coaching call, we kind of talk about more of this, you know, to really take care of yourself and do things that honor you. Um, one thing I would recommend, even if he never reads it or you never send it, because there was no closure, I would write almost like a goodbye to him. Yeah, I was thinking, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I would journal about, you know, if, if, if he was there, what would you say to him? What would you like to tell him about how this was impacting you? And who knows, maybe in the future, there will be an opportunity to do that. But just for yourself, mm -hmm. to, to have that kind of cathartic experience to get that out. Yeah. Um, and then on top of it, to, to not lose faith and not second guess yourself. Because I think part of the question had to do with your own sense of trust of like, oh my God, am, am I able to really detect these guys or am I not? Like, right. <laughs> you know, like yes. it's a little bit of not trusting yourself and Carol, trust yeah. yourself. Like you, you picked and you experienced something different than the last time. So it's just going to keep getting better and, and you learn from this and, mm -hmm. you, and you're absolutely right. The right guy will be there for you and you'll be ready. Yeah. Yes. Well, especially if I'm not sitting here dwelling on all that. So, you know, as far as taking time for myself, yeah, now yeah. currently I'm, I'm kind of like, ugh, I don't even feel like taking for a little, for a, mm -hmm. a little while, you know, it's like, I'll just chill out. I'm getting ready to move um, to a new place and the feng shui will be much better. <laughs> but, oh, nice. Uh, I know, oh, right? Is. I know. It's like, oh my goodness, it. you know, wh why was I even living here? I mean, but um, so... Well, what's so good about that? It's a new energy. I always encourage people to, I always yeah. say, like, shake up the snowball. You know, like Absolutely. when the glitter is kind of on the bottom of the snowball and you just kind of like the perception yeah. of that snowball stays the same for a really long time until you shake it up. And suddenly, yeah. like, it's like, oh, it's a new perspective, new energy yeah. around oh, you. And so I that, can hardly wait. I feel so excited awesome. about it. Yes. Yeah, so Aww. that's pretty cool. Well, I, I hope this helped. Yes, it did, Kim. Really, I I feel better. I, I last week would have been too soon if we would have talked about this last week. I probably would have just thought, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I'm like, I kind of got over that hurdle over the weekend, and so now I feel like I have, I do have a different perspective. Um, time helps, right? Time yes. Helps. Time heals. Yeah. Yeah, and also just 
kind of thinking, whatever, you know, just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know, just kind of getting that, that kind of thing going on too, just like, eh. Well, right. And not taking like so much responsibility of yourself. Like what could I have done differently? Should I have detected these signs earlier? Like, you know, you could play that game. What if, what if, what if, but the truth of the matter is you, you, you did do a lot of great things and he gave you a lot of great things. And this just may have been something that it was totally out of your control. We don't know what happened to him. Oh yeah. No, it it was, I'm not trying to say that I have no faults or anything like that, but yeah, nothing nothing happened. I mean, nothing happened. It was all good. And then all of a sudden it was all gone, (laughs) but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yes. Something happened in that one or two days. And then all the next time I saw him, he was very much focused on, you know, blah, blah, blah. But so it, it wasn't like a blow off. He came over, I was under the weather and he brought me soup. And, you know, I have this weird dream though, but I won't go into all that. So I, you know, so mm. it's just like, I'm trying to read too much into it and overthinking, which, you know, I do. Yes, I do. But it also, <laughs> I think anytime people experience like a traumatic event like that, because it is a traumatic event to have something totally like in an instant, what you thought was one way was not the next moment. And it's hard for your brain to even make sense of it. So, I mean, you're doing amazing by, you know, just your healing. And I obviously am here for you and we should have a follow-up call soon. Um, But definitely take care of yourself, pamper yourself, be social, reach out to friends and also doing things just, you know, for yourself. It's a balancing act with that too. And Mm -hmm. journaling, you know, all of these things that we talked about today. So anyway, thank you for joining today, Carol, thank and putting you yourself so out there and sharing this with everybody. Uh, thank you, Kim, so much. I really appreciate you. Oh, well, likewise. And thank you all for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more about that archetype thing that I keep talking about, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com, and take that quiz to see if you are the dame. Stay tuned until next week with more tips and how to feel and look fabulous every day. 